What is up, everybody, and welcome to the Joe Kilgallen Podcast. I'm your host, stand-up comedian Joe Kilgallen. Welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, this is a podcast where I, a comedian, like to have some fucking fun, damn it. Talk to you for about half an hour or so. I've got a lot of past episodes with guests. I may have guests again. There's also a Patreon, so big shout-out to all the Patreon subscribers. You guys are amazing. Really appreciate all that you do in supporting this podcast. There's bonus episodes there. I did one just a couple weeks ago. I got another one coming out this weekend. Bonus podcast for you. And then there's all sorts of blogs and other fun things. Sometimes I offer free tickets to my stand-up comedy shows, which I got an announcement for right now. I will be featuring for Orny Adams, who a lot of people know from the documentary Comedian. That was a big documentary that came out about Jerry Seinfeld in 2002. He was also in an MTV show called Teen Wolf. I don't know that show at all, but I've seen him do stand-up, and he is fantastic. Orny Adams is a hilarious, hilarious comedian. I'll be featuring for him at the Improv in Schaumburg, Illinois, at the Woodfield Mall, the third biggest mall in America, and that will be January 21st through January 23rd, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, five shows over the course of that weekend. So if you're in the area, come on out. It will be a great time. I got a lot of stuff in Chicago in February, too. So if you're in that area and I'm booking some stuff out for uh, like a little summer travel, not not so much like late summer, like August through the fall, I'm kind of booking to like go back on the road. So hopefully I'll be coming to a city near you. If you want me to come to your city, send a message, say, hey, Joey, Joey fuckhead. I don't know. Actually, that's I feel like I'm ripping off Bill Burr there. He's always doing like a Billy, Billy red face or whatever the hell he does. Um, I did have a lot of nicknames that went along with Joey, though. So that's not strictly to you, Burr. OK, other people have that, too. But if you want to be like, hey, a kill gallon, that's what my friends would call me. They call me special K too. I th- th- some people thought that was like, are they like saying you're special? Like, are they being mean? Like, no, they're just saying I'm awesome. Um, I think. I don't know. I don't talk to those people anymore, but that's what I think was going on. Anyhow, let me know. Let me know where your town is and we'll see if we can make something happen. All right. I'm I've been desperately trying to get to Arizona and uh like Texas. So We'll see. I want to. I don't want to go there in the summer, though. I want to go there when the weather sucks ass here. And I feel like March. I was hoping for spring training. Maybe that's still doable. We'll figure it out. All right. Let's get to the episode. It's crazy. Last week on the podcast, I talked about celebrity deaths that really got to you. You know, because Betty White had just died, and like you know, I was asking the listeners. I had some great responses from a lot of people. Uh, so thank you to everyone who commented on the YouTube video some really good ones there where I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. I totally remember them. Someone brought up Heath Ledger. I'm like, Oh yeah. You know what? Heath Ledger's was a little crazy because he died. And then shortly after you saw one of the greatest acting performance ever with Heath Ledger's Joker in the dark Knight, which he fucking was amazing. I thought his performance was so good. Like he did win the Oscar posthumously, which means after you die for the, the role, but it was best supporting actor. And I don't know what it is in my brain. Supporting actor is like your second fiddle. You're the best in and not being the best, right? You're not the lead. You're so supporting. You're supporting the lead, right? You're some little sidekick. You're 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 just you're a bum, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going a little bit overboard. You're not a bum, but you're definitely not the. Nobody wants to fuck the supporting actor, okay? They want to fuck the lead, and you guys know I'm right. So I thought to myself that performance was so good. Heath Ledger is the Joker, that the Oscars should have a brand new category, a brand new award called most outstanding performance by an actor or actress just have it all lumped together it doesn't have to be i don't know why we still separate men and women for this stuff but 
yeah, just have that. So have your typical, have best actor, best actress, best supporting, best, you know, supporting actress, and then have one more most outstanding performance. And that way people could have an Oscars where they went to you won best male and you won best, uh, or most outstanding. Cause it'd be kind of weird if you won best female, best male. I mean, I guess the nominees would be a lot of the mix. It'd mix it up though. Cause I think the best supporting sometimes really does steal the show. I know I was just shitting on the supporting actor for a while, but there's some movies where you're like, you know what? The lead was a little dull and the supporting that's who, you know, and then when you're watching that movie and you're like, I don't want to fuck the main person. I want to, I want to fuck their friend. That's how you got to look at it that way. It all comes down to who you want to fuck. That, that's who should win the award. Every movie I see, I go, the acting wasn't good, but I wanna, uh, that's the person you want to bang. I want to bang her. I mean, she, she, she was real stiff. She didn't seem human-like at all, but that's that's how you look at it, right? When you watch a movie? No? Just me? Okay. Fine. Fine. Make me feel like a fucking idiot over here. I appreciate that. <clears throat> I still have a lingering cough, which is annoying. Because, uh, you know, I did have COVID over Christmas. Yesterday was the first episode. Last week, I should say, not yesterday. Last week was the first episode back from my post-COVID uh, you know, hiatus. And I feel 100%, but I had this lingering cough. But I've gotten that my whole life. My whole life, I've gotten one bad cold a year where I cough for like a month and a half. I'm not kidding. It's just a, a horrible thing. So yeah, anyway. Uh, so if I had to turn my head to cough every now and then, apologies if it sounds like shit in your AirPods. Okay. So I brought up celebrity deaths and that's, what's crazy. So I brought it up last week. It was a good topic for a podcast, you know, cause we've all had those people from me. It was Chris Farley, where it was the very first celeb that died. You're like, Holy shit. You know, Robin Williams later in my life really affected me because you know, we're in the same profession as being comedians. And uh, obviously he had a way Robin Williams is a much higher level. And this next person I'm about to bring up, as you all know, uh, television icon, Bob Saget died just a few days ago. Now, 65 years old. It was he was found in a hotel room in Orlando after doing a, a sold out show that he raved about. That was like his last tweet was how thankful he was for the audience and how much fun he had. And yeah, and he died in no foul play suspected. Um, you know, sometimes you see, yeah, 65 still young to 65 is young to me. Um, I mean, it's not young like 25, if anyone wants to correct me like a douche, but you know what I'm saying? It's not this still like when I looked at Bob Saget. In the pictures I'd seen, I saw a video clip. He had a comedian friend of mine, Ida Rodriguez, on his podcast sometime in December, I want to say. So I remember watching some of that. He didn't look like a guy who was not healthy. He didn't look like a guy who, if you're walking on the street or driving around, you're like, look at that old guy. Like, you know what I mean? He, he obviously didn't look 25 either, of course. But so, yeah, I don't know, man. Who knows what happened? Um, it doesn't matter, really, how he died. He's dead. It sucks. Uh I didn't know Bob Saget. I've never met him, but he is a person that seemed universally loved. Every comedian I know or any person that has crossed paths with Bob Saget has nothing but great things to say about him. Nothing but great things. The same goes with Betty White. I wonder if the universe is almost telling us in a certain way, live your lives like Betty White and Bob Saget. Because when you go, wouldn't you want every person or as many as possible? Because then again, you don't want to be someone who go who as long as you're genuine is my point I want to make, I suppose. You know? Like Larry David's probably pissed off some people, but a lot of people love him because he's genuine. As long as you're genuine and true to yourself, m- most people will like you. Um, 
I think that's the impression you want to make. I don't know. It just feels strange to me. I, I made a joke on um, on Twitter or TikTok where I was like, Betty White, now Bob Saget, all these universally loved people. Someone better go check on Dave Grohl. You know, I was trying to make a list. Maybe I'll do that for next week's podcast. Maybe I'll get a guest back and we'll do like a list, current present day list of 10 celebrities who are universally loved, meaning you won't find someone who could say something bad about them. You know, there are some celebrities that you love, but trust me, there are people that hate, like, like Beyonce is super popular, but for everyone I know who loves Beyonce, I could probably find some people who think she's overrated as hell. What I mean by universally loved, I really do mean like Betty White. Great example. Like, you don't know anyone who's like, fuck Betty White. Like that just didn't exist. So, and it can't be someone super famous, you know, like most people love Brad Pitt, but he's too obvious. It's gotta be someone like the Bob Saget. Betty White category of celebrity. So yeah, it's a real bummer that he died. Um, my kids are playing in the background. I don't know if the microphone's gonna pick up on them. It's uh, but it did make me think to myself, like that I gotta go out of my way to be nicer to people. <laughs> <clears throat> Not that I'm an asshole or anything like that. Um, I you know what it was with him? I've noticed everyone's making these posts about Bob Saget where they say i only met him a couple times and the second time i met him he remembered the first meeting and said hey last time i met you your mom wasn't too too well how's your mom like that was the type of guy bob saget was right so um i feel like i have to yell at my kids now because they've come down to my space where i'm recording the podcast everyone um i could just edit this out but i'm already late on the podcast i'm recording this thursday morning i like to have the podcast up by thursday morning anyhow um if you hear them yelling in the background, that's going to be me yelling out to my wife, being like, hey, I told you I was coming down here to record. You could have just locked the damn door upstairs. You know what I mean? And you guys are going to see a domestic side of Joe that you're going to be like, you know what? He was just talking about being loved like Bob Sagan and Betty White. Now here he is yelling at his family, right? No, see, I don't want to do that. What? It's slightly annoying when you're trying to get good audio. You know what I mean? Because it's going to distract you, the listener. Being like, what the hell is this kid's doing in the background? Oh, that's his two-year-old pretending like he's a cat and he's meowing really fucking loudly. You know what I mean? Love the kid though. Cute as hell. But go meow upstairs, bro. You know? I did that once. I got a little bit mad at my sons and I called them bro. I was like, bro, really? Like, that's a weird thing as a dad to call your kid bro. But it was a moment where it was, it was you know, you can't swear. So you, you use other words and bro felt necessary. Instead of being like, are you fucking kidding? I was like, bro, for real? Like, that's my way of being like, you fucking joking me right now? You know? So back to Bob Saget, everybody. Um, this is going to make a great clip, this chunk on the pot, uh, if I put on YouTube. Live a life where, be yourself. I mean, that's 100% the thing. And sometimes it's hard to find out who you really are. It takes time. You know, I, I knew people who I, are different people in their late 30s than they were in their mid to late 20s. And you should be. You should be changing from your 20s to your 30s. And in a good way. You know what I mean? Um, getting perspective and all that stuff, right? It's that I want to work on more reaching out to people I haven't talked to in a while or following up with people and being like that type of friend. Um, I think I'm a good friend to people, but I definitely think I need to start going that extra mile um, in a way where I can handle it. Obviously, I don't want to be like, oh, God, I forgot to hit up this person. Now you feel bad about it because you are like feel like a piece of shit. But just in a way that you know, you got to appreciate people more while they're here. You know, that's what, that's the one good thing about death is that it reminds you that, Hey, you got to 
this shit goes away. So let's let's try to take advantage and and, and appreciate what you got while you can and all that stuff. All right, I want to shift away from death again. I feel like death has become a theme on this podcast the last three or four episodes. A lot going on. So yeah, Bob Saget, RIP man. I mean, what an icon, American icon, especially in television. Full House I was a show that I was not a big fan of, but it was obviously a huge hit. It did eight seasons. He also, America's Funniest Videos, which I was a big fan of the first few years that came out. That was, for you younger listeners, that was YouTube before YouTube. It was basically just videos of people doing dumb things, and then he would present the videos. And How I Met Your Mother, which is a show I'm, I'm a big fan of, he was the narrator for that show. So those are three big shows that went into a syndication where they were showing reruns left and right. Made some money. Also about Bob Saget that doesn't get talked about enough. He is an insanely dirty, dark comedian, like big time. One a favorite story of mine. Uh, I think Dave Coulier was like on local radio in Chicago for for what I can't remember, and he was telling you know the morning host or whatever about this one time, like right after Full House ended its run, where Dave Coulier and Bob Saget like did some stand up together because Dave Coulier who played um. Joey or Uncle Joey? I can't remember. I didn't really watch the show. Uh, he was he played a comedian on the show, and he was a comedian in real life. And they did a show together. But but he's the same comedian he is. Like he's pretty clean. That guy, uh, Dave Coulier. Bob Baggett's not. And so Dave Coulier would open the show, and then if because it was the two guys from Full House, parents brought their fucking kids. The kids were there, and so Dave Coulier does his normal family friendly thing, and then says, "Listen." If you're here with children, you need to leave now. He literally would tell the whole theater people. And then they're laughing. No, I'm not kidding. And Bob wanted me to tell you this. Bob is going to do the stand-up act that he has done and he did before he became Danny Tanner on Full House. You know, I know you guys see him as America's dad, but he is a very dirty, 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 dark comedian who's going to say some out there things. If you got kids... You got to go. Trust me on this one. And they're still laughing. The crowd's giggling. Oh, these guys are hilarious. He's like, all right, I warned you. No, because nobody left. Bob comes out. First joke out of his mouth. He's basically about like fucking a whore or something like that. Opening. Parents were just grabbing their kids, throwing them underneath their arms like they were footballs and just had sprinting for the doors. Couldn't get them out faster. And I just love that story. Just like the Norm McDonald story that comedian Mike Bryanstein told on this podcast. Look that up. Just write Kilgall- Joe Kilgallen podcast, Norm McDonald story. And Norm McDonald's at the Iowa State Fair. Told him to work clean. And he basically just did a bunch of dirty ass jokes being like, nah, fuck this. Right. Um, which is pretty hilarious. It's hilarious. I, I do feel bad if you're an audience member who's like, I thought my seven year old would like this. I do. I feel bad for those parents. I don't know why they didn't market the show as, hey, this is not for kids. I know it's. The guys from the kids show, not for kids. Like they should have done something like that, or they shouldn't have toured together. Doesn't matter. Still makes for a great story. And again, Bob Saget's a guy that I never met, never had the pleasure, but I know dozens and dozens of people. I probably know fifty people have crossed paths with him. Different communities with open form, and every one of them talks about the the impact. And I knew this before he died. And I remember when I saw the news, you know, it was like breaking TM. TMZ knows first, by the way, all the time. It's crazy. And Bob Saget was found dead at 65. And right away I thought, oh, man, that sucks. I like Bob Saget. But I looked at it as like an outside, like fan, fellow comedian point of view. 
But then I instantly thought of, oh, dude, I know so many people are going to be devastated. Because I had comedian friends who talked about like, oh, yeah, I work with Bob Saget. Like when we were all starting out, a couple of them, like he helped tremendously, just pushing them in the right direction, giving them advice, telling them, hey, they're funny, stay on the path, go for it, all that kind of stuff. And he really was America's dad in that sense because of how supportive he was. So just incredible. You know, live, you live your life like Bob Saget, live your life like Betty White. Because, you know, when you die, it'd be nice to have everyone, everyone be like, man, I miss that guy. But you got to be you. Because there are people who everyone likes, but they're not themselves. They're fake little bastards. Don't be a fake little bastard. You'd rather have 10 people mourning your death and be yourself than have 100 people mourning your death and be a fake little bastard. Okay? Fake little bastards, by the way, sounds like it'd be a hell of a show on like Freeform or one of those shows where it's like, why are we watching teenage girls do things they shouldn't be doing? You know, you guys know these shows, right? Of course. All right. And then I'm going to, I'm going to have a, either a bonus look out for the Patreon or I'll have a guest on where we'll break down a list of celebs that are universally loved. I got a few off the top of my head right now. I'll just give you a little sneak peek. Dave Grohl, I mentioned earlier. I feel like everyone likes Dave Grohl. doesn't matter what walk of life you're from, you know, Republican, Democrat, black, white, you know, uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, a lady from Seinfeld. Come on. Everyone loves her. Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, I feel like, unless you're like a just one of those fans that's like, oh, no, fuck the Lakers and Shaq. They always beat my team. But I feel like those are three little sneak peeks I'm going to give you there. All right. Speaking of, oh, I forgot to mention Bob Saget's Entourage. He was on Entourage a few episodes where he did get to play his dirty ass self. So check that out. Um, no, but what I want to shift gears to, a comedian friend of mine, Mike Bridenstine, everyone. He's got a great podcast called Hunk with Mike Bridenstine where it's a panel show. He's got a bunch of different, he's got like some of the biggest comedians in the world on the podcast. I did it this past week with uh, Kyle Kinane and Mike O'Connell and this dude, Kelsey Ayers, who's actually a lead singer of a really cool band called, fuck, I forgot the name of the band, Local National or something? Or no, um, Local Natives, Local Natives. So look them up, good band. Anyway, Brido texted me going, hey, how come... Tom Brady isn't as big as Michael Jordan. You know, Brady's won seven Super Bowls. Um, you know, he's still dominating the league as a 40, was he 44, 45 years old now? Uh, which is incredible. incredible. You can make a strong case for Tom Brady winning MVP this season. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to get it, and there's a few other names. But Brady will definitely be top three in voting, top five in voting, I want to say. So, and at his age, it's insane. How, how, how it's just, you know, and the modern athlete, it, it depends though in football. Let me just say this for you non-NFL fans. Um, quarterbacks like Brady and Rodgers and Drew Brees before, who only just recently retired, Ben Roethlisberger had a long career. He's retiring after the season. They, I think, will have long careers because they don't run. They stay in the pocket. They're passing quarterbacks. Uh, the, the quarterbacks that scramble around and run and get a lot of yards, they're great. They're changing the game. They're they're a lot of times way more exciting, but they take hits and those hits add up. Um, you know, Cam Newton at one time was an elite, elite quarterback in the NFL. He was an MVP and then he just fell off a cliff talent wise. You know, you get, you get your head smashed in way too many times, your body you cracked ribs, you know, your, your legs start to not work as well as they did. And that, that, hap that happens, you know, but these guys like Brady who stand back there in the pocket and really don't get touched much, they're going to last a lot longer. So, yeah, that's just something I want to point out with the age thing. And with modern technology and science and all these 
things these guys are on these days. I read the thing that LeBron James spends almost $2 million a year on his body, like with supplements and personal trainers and nutritionists and all this stuff. Like everything is dedicated to that. Uh, that's why I always told people with the LeBron Jordan debate, <clears throat> if I could take a quick thing on that real quick and then get back into why Tom Brady isn't as popular as Michael Jordan. With that debate, I always think to myself, if you're the athlete chasing another athlete, you can't just match that athlete. You have to like surpass, not like significantly, significantly, but pretty good, you know? Because I know a lot of people are like, if LeBron gets the six rings, and I'm like, no, I mean, you can't erase the failures either. And six versus six, I still, it's, Jordan, you know, he wasn't chasing. He was just trying to be the greatest, right? Um, because if he was chasing, he would have tried the most rings ever. That's uh, That goes to Russell. Bill Russell is the most rings ever in NBA history. But Jordan knew, like, he had nothing left to prove. And so, like, with LeBron, I mean, everything he's everything in his life right now is dedicated to passing Jordan. He said it. He goes, I'm chasing the ghost that played in Chicago. So, anyway, that's just a little side note there. And, and that's what he, and he's good for him, by the way. I'm not saying that I guess you do as a modern athlete, you definitely have an advantage where you're spending millions of dollars on your, on your body to make sure that it's, you know, at the age of 37, LeBron's still playing at a top, top level. That is an advantage over athletes from 20 years ago. Right. Uh, so that should be weighed into consideration when people bring things up every now and then, like they'll show highlights of NBA players in the sixties and like, look, they, they don't look nearly as athletic. I'm like, first of all, they're wearing short shorts. Everyone looks less athletic in short shorts. And they're wearing Converse All-Stars because high-top gym shoes had not been invented yet. Try crossing someone over in fucking Converse All-Stars. You know what I mean? Gutter punk kids wear Converse All-Stars. You know what I mean? They're for skate kids now. They have no ankle support whatsoever. Like, they're just a, they're a bad shoe. So you have to look at that when you compare stuff. All right, back to the Brady-Jordan debate. I think of it this way. Brady was associated with the New England Patriots cheating scandals. So easier to hate. Pretty boy. Big time pretty boy for a while. He wore Ugg boots. You know what I mean? I mean, Jordan wore baggy jeans. Still to this day, he's not giving up on the baggy jeans. But baggy jeans, baggy suits, that was the look in the 90s. Jordan had a brand. Jordan was affiliated with revolutionizing the shoe industry. The whole sneakerheads things. All of that is from Jordan. That's how popular he is. His shoes still outsell everyone else's. And he hasn't played basketball since 2003 or 2002. And 2002, 2003 season, 102, 203. Yeah. So that's, that's another thing to weigh in. But I understand my buddy's question, but why isn't Brady at least closer? On paper, though, look, quarterback still dominating in his 40s, won the most Super Bowls. Um, good looking guy. That helps. Married to Giselle. Previously, I don't know if they were married, but impregnated has a kid with Bridget Moynihan, who's also a piece. Um, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's a lot to like there, right? And he seems like he's got a good sense of humor about himself. He was in that movie Ted Two. Um, whenever he's like in interviews, he seems very likable. Uh, yeah, I don't. But Jordan was electric, and Jordan. This was the '90s too. For my younger listeners, look, I'm 37. I'm LeBron's age, and. I remember the nineties pretty well. Still, I'm not saying I want to go back there. You know I mean, that's sad to me when people are like, should we go back to that decade? There are parts of that decade I'd like to see around still, but I definitely like our modern world, of course, but celebrities meant more in the nineties because there was less options. And I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing. More options, probably a good thing, I suppose, 
because think about it. There's a lot of kids out there who are into things that they couldn't find other people like them who are into those. And because that, you know, you get to, that's, what's cool about the internet. Like, Hey, you're into fucking, you know, I think I joked about it on the pocket. You're into Swedish porn. I'm into Swedish porn. Let's talk about our favorite Swedish porn actresses and actors, right? Let's, let's, you know, it's just a weird example. I'm being silly here, but that's where the internet's cool. But back then the mainstream things were even more mainstream. I was looking at television ratings for some shows. I got a couple of friends who are in some TV shows and I'm, I'm supporting them, but I'm, I'm hoping they're doing well. So I was looking up at the, the ratings and I'm like, ouch. Then I looked, I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of average for right now. Like you could be a show on NBC and get two, three, four million viewers a week. And they're like happy with you. Back in the nineties, if a show got two to four million viewers a week, they were getting canceled immediately. You're not getting a second season. Right now, if you're getting two to four million viewers, you're getting a second season. Back then, you wouldn't have gotten past your fourth episode. Like if those were the numbers for the first, even three episodes, you were probably done. I don't even know if you'd survive the pilot. That's just how it goes. There are so many options for entertainment now. So many. You got a million streaming services now. Paramount Plus is a new one now that people are telling me I got to check out. And what's, what's the killer is each one of these streaming services has like a really badass show that you're almost convincing yourself. Yeah, it's worth the $4.99 a month for Peacock so I could see MacGruber TV series, which by the way, I watched the first two episodes. Hilarious. Uh, and then there's also, there's a weird plot part of MacGruber though. Maybe I'll talk about that in another episode. Anyway, and then there's, uh, everyone's talking about uh, this new show on Paramount Plus, like called The Mayor or some shit. And then... Uh, Apple TV has Ted Lasso, which is a great show. So they're all doing these things where you're like, oh, how many of these services, you know? But again, television's never been better, like over the right now and the last decade. I mean, I got a Peaky Blinders haircut, for Christ's sake. That's so much the impact TV is having. And it's just, yeah, so it's hard to compare a celebrity today, like popularity-wise, versus one in the 90s. I mean, Jordan was electric. He was revolutionizing his game. Brady, as good as he is, isn't revolutionizing football. There's nothing he's doing where you're like, no one's ever done that before. He's doing it better than anyone else. He's winning better than anyone else. You know, he hits his guy. He's calm under under pressure. He's clutch as hell. And he's, you know, durability. So, yeah, there's a lot to like there. But he ain't no Jordan. He's not. Michael Air Jordan, number 23. What a cool number. Like everything about Jordan just said, I'm the shit. Everything about him. But if I could just talk about the 90s for a second more here, it was pre-internet. So like I was going to say, television rating then, Seinfeld was the number one comedy. It averaged like almost 40 million viewers a week. And its last episode had like nearly 80 million. It's just, it, it's crazy the difference. You know what I mean? Album artists sold more albums back then too. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, it's an athlete, and then athletes had more mystique behind them, and and celebrities had more mystique. You didn't know where you were going to see them. Now I feel like it's easy to go. Oh, you want to go get a picture with them? That's not that hard. You can make it happen. Yeah, concerts were a bigger deal. Every time I see concert footage from the '90s, just people were more into it. They didn't have their phones out. Obviously, there wasn't a thing at the time. Yeah, there was just there was a little bit more meaning pre digital age. And I'm not saying I, that part of it is a good thing. So for as much good as being connected on the internet is, you know, we can connect with different people. I could do a podcast for people all around the world. Incredibly grateful. I think that's amazing. That's super cool. So for as many pros, there are cons. Cons being 
sometimes we're a little disconnected from each other. We feel more connected because we can communicate, but the large gatherings and, you know, the weekly viewings, like right now I've got shows that my friends are like raving about. Everyone's talking about Yellow Jackets. I'm like, I'll get around to it. In the nineties, if everyone was talking about a show, you would fucking have to watch it because it was on once a week. You know, you didn't want to miss an episode because everyone would ruin it for you. Also, you didn't even mind. You'd be like, I missed the episode. What happened? Because you didn't know when the network would rerun it. If, especially if it was like in its first couple seasons. They weren't showing reruns of anything two seasons in. Oh, you just know. Okay, I'll get to it. I'll be able to watch on Hulu or on demand or, you know, it'll come to Netflix. It's just, so yeah, it was, it's just, it was a special time in the nineties. It really was. And it was, you know, as, as great as a lot of things are now, um, that's why I, that's why I'm against this metaverse shit. I'll go on and say it. Like when I hear about this living inside this virtual reality and everyone's going to land in the metaverse and that's where you're going to live in and you're going to hang out with your friends in the metaverse and all that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to fight against that. And maybe I'm at that age. Maybe 37 is the age where you're just like, nah, fuck everything that's new. But I don't feel that way. I really don't. I feel like sometimes new shit comes along and we just go, no, fuck that. You know what I mean? There's been new video game systems that didn't work. Everyone was into Wii for about two years. Remember Nintendo Wii? Everyone's like, oh, this is really cool. It got two years. And then everyone's like, this is dumb. Right? I mean, I think that happens. So all these fucking influencers out there, again, I don't trust it. With the NFTs and all that shit, I'm, maybe I'm ignorant to all of it. But from what I've read about it, I still think to myself, like, this sounds dumb. Like, no, no, no. And they go, no, no, let me explain it again. No, no, I got it. I got it. I got your explanation. I understand it. I still just am not into it. Oh, you're going to get left behind then. I'm like, well, fine. I'll be over here. And I think there's enough people to be left behind with me where we're going to have one hell of a party. One hell of a party. All right, let's end it on that. You guys are amazing. Thank you for checking out the Joe Kilgallen podcast. Support the Patreon if you can. That'd be great. Patreon.com slash Joe Kilgallen. Check out JoeKilgallen.com. I got tons of stamp comedy on YouTube if you guys want to watch that. Help bump my numbers. Would appreciate that. You guys are the best. Be good to each other. Be a Betty White. Be a Bob Saget. You guys are amazing. I love you. Cheers.